Thanks for joining us for the Exchange Church Podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Trey Rose. If you've been changed, say yes. If you're anything like me, you're not where you want to be, but you're certainly not where you were. And we're in progress and in process, so I'm excited that he is able to change us, to restore us, to renew us, to refresh us, all the R words that are good. He is. He is. Amen. Hey, let's take a minute to welcome our online uh, watchers today, all the way from Redding, California, Cheney State Park, Kansas, McKinney, Dallas, Colleen, Pflugerville, all over Texas. Can we make them welcome? We're glad that you're watching online. We're glad that you're uh, listening online. In fact, I want to introduce you to someone that I met this morning before this service. His name is Isaiah. Isaiah, he, he, he gave me permission to introduce him to you. It's his first time. He's from Seattle. He's been listening online to us for a year now on our podcast. He's in Austin for work this week, and he decided to drive 30 minutes from his training to be here with us today. I'm glad you're here, man. Let's go to Scripture real quick. We're in a series called Murder Mystery, and this is, I think, my last sermon on murder mystery. By the way, tonight is the murder mystery dinner. I don't know. Uh, Are we sold out, or do we have any spots? Twelve tickets left available. Okay, um, cool. So you can sign up right after this service if you want, if you want to attend. It's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. Um, today, the title of my sermon is The Final Peace. And I've loved this series. We've really got to dig pretty deep on some issues and subjects on who killed Jesus and um, just how that story of Easter unfolds. And we see in our text today, just before Jesus is crucified, he's um, praying for himself in John 17, then he's praying for his disciples, and then he's praying for you. He's praying for me, future believers. Verse 20 says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through the message of the disciples, that all of them may be one. Everybody say one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. His final prayer, his final prayer was that you and I be one with his message. He's speaking of unity. And so today I just want to share my thoughts on unity, the three keys to create unity in your family, in your church, in your work environment. But Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. someone right now in this room, maybe online, but I believe you're in this room, you've been experiencing a lump in your armpit. Um, I want to pray for you. If God doesn't heal you in the next 30 minutes during this sermon, you catch me after service and I want to pray for you because I believe God wants to heal you. Right now, just, is that someone in this room? Oh, okay. Two, two people. What's your name? Vincent? Richard, sorry. I met a Vincent. But you're Richard. You're not Vincent. 
All right. And that's Kathy. Um, in fact, right now, I just release over Richard and Kathy miracle working power of Jesus Christ that same power that raised him from the dead is now flowing through their bodies we just cast down fear and any imagination of what could be and we say what we know works and that's a power of Jesus Christ and so we just release healing over their bodies right now in Jesus name father we just ask that over the next 30 minutes their miracle will be made complete in Jesus name we pray amen amen before you sit down Meet somebody new, hug somebody, go give Isaiah a high five, and then you may be seated. enjoy the mariachi band and salsa and queso and chips that that's so much fun yesterday was Cinco de Mayo and um, it by the way I'm not Mexican at all at all I'm, I'm very 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 white but I do know I do know that Cinco de Mayo is not Mexico Independence Day right I'm smart enough to know that Cinco de Mayo is actually celebrating a battle that they fought against the French. And they were not supposed to win. The French were more powerful. They had more troops. They were more advanced. Um, it was an unlikely victory that Mexico won. They should not have won. But why we celebrate Cinco de Mayo is because Mexico came together in unity as one. And it's only because of that unity that they were able to defeat the French Empire. Unity. Unity is kind of a big deal. We don't think it's a big deal until we find ourselves in a place of disunity and we realize just how uncomfortable it is. We don't focus on what unity looks like or how to maintain it or how to be intentional with it. We just go through our day, go through our life, and just hope that it all, all works out. But I want to tell you, if you want your life to be blessed, the final piece to murder mystery is unity. Look at your neighbor and say, let's be one. Now, if you're dating that person, I just set you up. Really good, Drew. Come on now. You got a good one. Actually, we planned this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, Danny. I'm sorry. Oh, Drew finally got himself a girlfriend. We're happy for him. Anyway. <clears throat> Now let's talk about unity, okay? Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the, beard, on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So if you want to be blessed, you have to walk in unity. 
If you want your marriage and your home to be blessed, you have to fight for unity. If you want your kids to be blessed, you have to fight for unity. If you want to get pay increases, you have to fight for unity on the job. Unity is so critical. So I have three points today. I only have a few minutes to get through all of this. But the first thing to fight for unity and to build unity is celebrate. Look at your neighbor and say, let's celebrate. Let me get two chairs out here real quick. And I want to I celebrate somebody. Unity always thrives and flourishes in a culture and an environment of celebration. You should always, every single day, try to celebrate your wife. Celebrate your husband. Celebrate your friends. Celebrate your kids. Celebrate your parents. Celebration helps unity flourish. And it has to be intentional, right? It's really easy just to sit on our couch with the remote control and watch TV and go through a whole day without finding something to celebrate. And your kids may not have done anything right that day but they at least were breathing. Celebrate that. They may not have done the dishes. They may not have picked up after themselves, but they came home. Celebrate that. Find something to celebrate. And I want to give you an example. I want to celebrate in this service, Dee and Henry Ward. Will you come to the platform? Come on, this is Dee, Aunt Dee and Uncle Henry. Have a seat. Have a seat. I need to introduce you uh, to our congregation. Most of you know them as Aunt Dee and Uncle Henry. They've been around for a long time. This is actually my, my aunt, my mom's sister, and that's my uncle, my mom's sister's husband, <laughs> Aunt Dee and Uncle Henry. They've been with us at the exchange since we launched in 2010. In fact, we launched in September of 2010, we did our monthly preview services over the summer and then went to weekly services. Y'all remember this, some of you? Went to weekly services in September. But even before we did the summer services monthly, we met in Greg and Amber's home, Sherry's home, both homes. And we built a core team, a leadership team. My parents were there. My siblings were there. Made sure all five of my kids were there. Um, Dee and Henry were there from day one. Now, you may not know this if you've not been around that much, but in the early years, we were set up in teardown. That means it was two trailers, tons of stuff. We would arrive, what time did we arrive to the schools when we were doing setup? 6.30 in the morning. Oh, it was awful. You arrive at 6.30, set up everything, and then you have two services, three services, whatever it was, and then you have to tear it all back down and put it away and clean up the school and wait for the phone call on Monday to let us know what we didn't do right or clean up right. Every single week, this couple made breakfast tacos for our setup and teardown team. Every single week. Hey, they were good breakfast tacos too. They were good. They were good. They were juicy, just like grease just dripping off of them. It was, oh man, it was good. And uh, if I never, if I didn't have time to eat before service, I would always hide them in my car because I knew somebody was going to steal my tacos. Um, but I just want to celebrate you and say thank you for your faithfulness and your commitment 
And I know that I'm your nephew, um, but you didn't have to be here. You didn't have to, but you chose to be here. You chose to set up and tear down. Now, look, I'm not a young spring chicken anymore. Now, I'm not saying anything about these guys, but I'm, I'm not young. They're a little older than me, a little bit. But it set up and tear down you would have never known because they were just hauling it in and out, moving quick, taking care of stuff, lifting stuff. It was incredible. And I just want to honor you guys and say we could not do or be where we are without what you poured into this house eight years ago. So can we just honor them today? Stay standing so you can reach your pockets because what I want to do, I want to, um, baby, you have some cash on you at all? She's having knee replacement surgery in June. The surgery is paid for completely by the insurance, which is awesome. But I want to celebrate them and all that they've poured into this house by just taking a, a love offering. And they can use that for meals as she's recovering. Y'all need to go on a hot date just before you have surgery. A nice, fine dining restaurant. Go, go to Perry's and get you a big old pork chop that's the size of a Volkswagen. It's, it's not cheap, though. So can we get some containers up here? And if you want to write a check, you can write a check. If you want to put it on a credit card that you're going to pay off within 30 days, you can do that as well. Just make it out to the Exchange Church. Yes. Write in comments, Aunt D and Uncle Henry. You may say something. Why don't you guys, if you have any cash, just drop it. Not if you have cash. If you want to give cash, then you have. <laughs> You're not leaving this place with cash in your pockets. Throw it in here. They want to say something as you guys are bringing your offering to them. We've been in this church since even before it began. You're the reason that we did what we did. Each one of you, you're the reason. Miguel and Jessica, they're prime examples of what I'm talking about. They got saved at this church. Thank God for them. I'm going to take baby C home with me. She came to me a while ago, and she didn't want to leave. They tried to take her back, and she wouldn't go. So I'm going to take her home. <laughs> but really and truly, y'all are the reason we did what we did. And I thank God for each and every one of you. Y'all are awesome, all of you. I consider I haven't had to wait for heaven to see the blessings every person in here is part of that harvest Every taco 
that was made. <laughs> you guys are really worth it. You're worth it. So next Sunday, free tacos? <laughs> Prove it. We're worth it. Okay. <laughs> We'd get up at 4 o'clock in the morning <laughs> and make tacos. Every Sunday. So Every that people could Sunday. eat because I knew they were coming in to work and they wouldn't take time to eat. And it's so much better to worship on a full stomach. <laughs> awesome. Well, you see what just happened here is we celebrated them and that celebration created more celebration toward you. And that just created unity. How many of you feel like you know Aunt Dee and Uncle Henry better after this moment of celebration than you did before? Awesome. Let's give them a hand one more time. You guys may have a seat. Y'all so cute. Just look at you. All right. Point. Oh, sit, yo, sit down. You may sit down. So number one is celebrate. Number two, I need to get through this quickly, is clarify. Everybody say clarify. If you want to build unity, you must clarify on the daily. You can't allow assumptions to happen. You can't allow things to be pushed down and think, oh, it's no big deal. We, I don't need to talk about it. We just won't worry about it. We'll just push it down. But as you push more and more stuff down, eventually you're going to explode. And unfortunately, because you didn't handle it earlier with simple clarification, now you're going to have to pick up the pieces of ripping somebody's head off verbally. Do you know what I mean? You have to clarify. We started this church with the philosophy. We called it the three-day rule. And I talked about it all the time early on. Hadn't talked about it in a while, but it, it fits so much for unity. The three-day rule is simply this. If you get offended, you have three days to go to that person and let them know that they've offended you. If you don't go to them within three days, you then forfeit the right to even mention it in the future. You, you ever have those conversations with people that say, well, a year ago, you da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And you didn't even know you offended them. And you're like, well, I wish you would have come to me then because I don't really even remember what I said or what my intentions or thoughts were. I know that I probably would have never thought that or said that, but... It's just unfair to hold offenses and grievances without going to the person. And let's take it a step further. If, if somebody comes to you and they're gossiping about, mm, let's just pick Pedro. He's easy to pick on. Pedro, they're very offended um, at you because you ate too much salsa, right? <laughs> and they came to me and they, they said, man, Pedro, he just he ate all the salsa. He left... No salsa for us white people. He just ate it all. <laughs> By the way, his wife made that salsa. Didn't you make that salsa? It was delicious. Uh, anyway, if they come to me talking about Pedro, it's my responsibility. If I am the keeper of unity, if I'm the guard of unity in this house or in my workplace or in my family, it's my duty to say, you know, you're talking about Pedro. I'm going to give you three days to go to Pedro. And if you don't go to Pedro yourself within three days, I'm going to go to Pedro and let him know what you've said, and I'm going to pull you two together to have a conversation. I'll tell you what, that also causes people to not want to gossip in front of you. 
You do that one or two times, and then they know that you're not somebody that they can gossip to. I always wonder, why is it that certain people get all the gossip to them? Like they're gossip magnets. If you hear a lot of gossip, you might want to ask yourself some really hard questions. Do you create an environment where gossip flourishes? Or are you a keeper of unity? Point number three. Point number three is compliment. Everybody say compliment. If you want to build unity, you must compliment each other. Now, I'm not talking about that's great salsa. Not that kind of compliment. I'm saying you need to come alongside someone and help build their dreams. Because if I've learned anything, I've learned this. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. And so if you want to build unity, I need to come alongside Chad and say, hey, Chad, what's your dream in life? He says, oh, well, I want to meet Darlene Check. Something like that. <laughs> he... He needs to be her fan club president. He loves Darlene Check. Have you met Darlene? Oh. But I partner with him. And I, if I want to build unity, I say, hey, man, I know your dream is to meet Darlene. I've met Brian. Maybe Brian and Darlene are still good buddies. I mean, she doesn't work at Hillsong anymore. She has her own church with her husband. Uh, but maybe I can connect you to Brian, who can connect you to Darlene, and you guys can all have dinner. Do you see what I'm doing? I'm building unity, and he says, wow. I received that. <laughs> and he thinks, Trey's trying to make my dream happen, therefore we're unified. You have to compliment and come alongside other people's dreams and other people's visions. And that's what we're going to do right now. I want you to help welcome to the platform a lady I respect in our community. She's doing great work for the kingdom. We've partnered with her for several years now with Reset Mentoring Ministries, Ms. Lori Goggin. Will you please welcome her? Love that. Thank you guys very much. Um, I, I just want to tell you the first time I met your pastor face to face, he prophesied over me. I was going through a really rough time. It was two years ago. And sometimes when you're in the ministry, there's highs and there lows. And it was probably one of the lower times in my ministry. And he prophesied over me and his word was true and just and right. And I just want to say what a blessing it is that you guys sit under these two pastors. His wife has so much wisdom and so much love. Um, and can we just give them a hand? They're amazing. Is this time right, Pastor? I can do it 15. Thank you. Well, my name is Lori Goggin, and I'm going to start with the God story because I always start with the God story. It's the only place to start in my book. And in 2009, um, I had written a book about my life and about God's goodness in my life, and it was called Relevant. And I was um, doing book signings, and I thought, well, this is what I was created to do. Until one day in church, I'm walking down the aisle, and from behind me, a man says, I'm going to use your book to reach incarcerated teens. That's my man voice. Um, <laughs> and my husband was walking along beside me, and I said, honey, did you hear that? And he said, hear what? And I said, the man who's going to use my books to reach incarcerated teens. And he said, no, honey, I didn't hear it. 
So I started this entire internal dialogue with God. Like, you talking to me? I felt like Robert De Niro. Um, God, if that was you and you're talking to me, you're going to have to show me these incarcerated teens because I don't know any incarcerated teens. Um, and so I just went home, but the very next day I got a call from a woman who worked at Williamson County Juvenile Justice, and she said, I've read your book, and I need somebody to preach to incarcerated teens. Would you be willing to do it? Yeah. God knows how stubborn I can be, so he made sure <laughs> there was no loophole there. Um, and so I said, yes, I definitely will. And I went in, and the first time I preached, I was going to talk about King David. And um, I was looking at a sea of about 20 blank faces. And so I just kind of stopped my prepared sermon, and I started asking them about other biblical characters. And I just got blank looks. They didn't know the heroes of the Bible. Um, and when I started talking about Jesus, not everybody in the room even knew who Jesus was. So I just started talking to them a little bit about the Jesus that I love and why I love him so. Um, and then I left, and on the way home, I had to pull over before I even got down the road because I was sobbing, and I could just feel God's pressure on me. And I knew in that moment that I was looking at a room full of kids who was living a life who could have died any moment through violence, through addiction, through whatever it was they faced, and nobody had ever told them that Jesus died to set them free, and it broke my heart. So since 2009, I've gone in and preached Jesus every Friday night inside the Williamson County Juvenile Justice. Of course, this year, Miguel and Jessica have stepped up for me when I can't be there. So that's been awesome. And then in 2010, a little girl named Jessica said to me, Miss Lori, when I get home, my stepdad's going to drink and he's going to beat me. My mom's going to let him to, let, um, to protect the younger kids. And I'm wondering what your Jesus is going to do for me then. And I looked at her and I said, Jessica, I don't know, but my Jesus will do something. And so I started praying, God, send somebody to help Jessica do something. I told her you would. And oftentimes when God has you praying for something, it means that he's fixing to move you to be the answer to the question that you're seeking. So in 2010, um, God put me in front of the directors and the judges for Williamson County, and they asked me what I wanted to do, and I said, I want to start a faith-based mentoring program for the kids coming out of Williamson County. And they said, get the paperwork done, we'll do it. Um, and since then, we as a faith-based organization have had a primary seat at the table with Williamson County Juvenile Justice. <laughs> This year, 2017, we had an amazing opportunity where we actually now partner with them in such a way that, um, you see the cross on my shirt, we are unashamedly Jesus. When a child is arrested and sentenced, our paperwork is in the packet of stuff when they come in, and our goal is for every child in there to get a mentor when they get out. In addition to that, we also are able to come in two times a month. We call them our Sunday fun days. And for three hours, we feed the kids. We play games with them, sports. We build relationship with them so that when they get out, they now have a network of caring, background checked, authorized adults that they can come to for help, right? If they want to sew, they can't come to me. I don't know how to sew. But, but, they'll, but they'll meet somebody who does know how to do that inside. And all of a sudden, they've got this network of people. Um, that's really amazing. The first year we started in 2010, we had four kids. Last year we worked with 137, so God has really blessed um, our organization. Uh, um, thank you. Thank you. 
some of you in this room, maybe even those of you whose lives have been affected by crime, you might say, why does it matter? Why does that matter to me? I don't care about kids who have gotten themselves in trouble. Um, and truthfully, when God first called me to it, I've never been in the juvenile justice system. And i like, God, why would you call me? And God very quickly reminded me, little girl, <laughs> You grew up in nine different homes and mental hospitals and runaway shelters. You were unloved and unwanted. Get to know the kids I'm sending you to. Do. And as I got to know them, I knew that I had something in common with these kids. 94% of the kids in the juvenile justice center have been through three or more significant life traumas. We're talking water turned off, witnessing domestic abuse, um, drug addiction, alcohol, the significant life traumas and they're just like I was and what I know is I was messy and I was hurtful and I pushed people away and nobody ever stayed long enough for me to understand that I was valuable until one night in 1996 um, I was in a bathroom floor and I had a razor blade in my hand and I knew I couldn't live in the darkness anymore. I was tired of being addicted. I was tired of the cutting. I was tired of the pain. I was tired of the mess. And as I hit my knees, I felt the love of God for the first time in my life. And it was like I could see Jesus' eyes and everything changed. And this is the deal. We plant seeds and we water. We plant seeds and we water until one day when these kids are on their knees and they can't stand the pain anymore and they don't know where else to go, they will look up and they will remember that the loud, crazy woman at Reset Mentoring told them there was a God that loves them and he died to save them. Ms. D, I'm glad I'm not going to be the first one to cry on this stage today. Thank you for setting that bar for me. <laughs> I've got some of my kids in the room today, and that makes me more emotional because I would lay down my life for any one of them to know the love of a Savior. <laughs> they mattered to me, um, and my hope and my desire is that they would matter to you as much as they matter to me. They are children of the Most High God, and, and, and they're, they're loved beyond measure. So I'm going to ask you guys, um, out at our table, I've got little cards, and I'm just asking for people to come along and partner with us. Your church already does amazing things. We hold our Christmas event every year here. Um, Jessica and Miguel are my teen center coordinators and Sunday fun day. We have people in this church who make meals for Thursday because a lot of our kids don't have regular meals at home. So at teen night, we have... Um, People make meals and we sit around a table and the kids just get to hang out with Christian men and women who love them and know their value. Um, but there's a lot of ways to get um, involved. Becoming a mentor, if you are a man and you are feeling called to mentor, I have a waiting list of 10 boys. And right now is a good time to get involved because those Sunday fun days I told you about, you can start there. Two Sundays a month for three hours. You can come up to the jail and you can help us play basketball and play games and, and meet with the kids and see if it's for you. You could walk in the first time and be like, oh, no, miss that. Um, and that will be fine. <laughs> but, but it's a good time to try it out and see if it's for you. Um, there's volunteering for events, um, different things. This summer we're going to have a, several life skill classes. I'm looking for people who can sew because I have proposed a sewing class for the kids and I don't sew. So if there's anybody in here that wants to sew and be part of that class. Um, we're also doing um, simple auto repair. We're doing cooking, three-day finance. If I've got some um, hiring managers that want to help the kids like 
real life um, interviewing, that kind of thing, those skills, because a lot of the kids that we work with don't have the skills that they need to get them where they need to go in life. Um, and I've got six minutes. Um, so if you have a life skill class or something like that, we'd love to have you partner with us. On the back, if you would like to become a monthly donor, we sure would appreciate it. I believe that the first 10%, your tithe goes to your local church, but I also believe we are called to tithe and to give. So if you're in a position where you can give, you can fill out this card, you will get a handy dandy reset t-shirt. I'm going to ask that you not drink and act a fool while you're wearing it, but you will get one. <laughs> but I'm kidding. I know y'all don't drink and act a fool. Only on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> oh, um, the next thing that we're being called to do, and I'm just throwing this out there. Um, we have a little boy, and I'm not going to be able to show his video, but his name was Micah. And, and, and at 18, he was released from the Juvenile Justice Center. Show it. Oh, okay. Can we show Micah's video? I first got involved with Reset Mentoring when I entered the academy program, which is now CORE. I was 17. I just thought all was lost, like there was no hope. They, they were actually having church services in the facility, so it kind of, it kind of, um, boosted my confidence level and, and brought me back to reality. And when I met Miss Lori, that made it 10 times better because uh, she's so energetic and, and it, brought, it brought good vibes to me. And I was able to, to cope with what I was dealing with and be able to, um, to better myself. When I was released, my situation was that I didn't, I didn't have a place to go. My dad was trying to find, for, trying to find an apartment for me to, to live in, but he kind of found a place last minute. I was walking into a home with no furniture whatsoever. I had to get a job as soon as possible, but I didn't have a social security card. I didn't have a driver's license. So Mr. Uh, Lori and Reset, they, they donated a whole bunch of furniture. When I, when I first saw the house, I was like, okay, that's nice. And then left and came back and all the furniture was in my house. And I was in shock because nobody's ever done anything like that for me before. It just made me want to give. Like it just made me wanna wanna go out and do things for other people. Some of the opportunities that I've had with Reset is being able to go to the Christian Brothers Automotive because they taught us how to change oil for the single wives uh, oil change. That was huge. That was big because I know I don't like getting dirty. That's not that's a that's a negative. But <laughs> but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I had to get on the floor <laughs> and change the oil. But it was amazing to do what's right. My mentor, Patrick, he asked me if I wanted to reconnect my life with, with, with God. And I told him, like, yeah, like there was no doubt about it. Um, so he started taking me to celebration and I started getting more and more connected, started feeling the vibes of people and started serving. When I had decided to, to be baptized at Calibrate, I went into it as I was a boy at once <laughs> and I did, I did childish things. And now I have to become a man. So went into the holy water and came out of the holy water, a, a, a brand new person. My biggest challenge right now is to is to stay true to myself, not to follow the crowd, not to not to do what everything, not to do everything my friends are doing, and being loyal to God, just doing everything that He sets forward for me, 
right now I'm working at Buffalo Wild Wings, taking my, my real estate classes and, and trying to trying to get those done. It's just it's hard getting back and forth from work because right now I'm relying on my mom. We share a car basically, but I, but I know that God is truthful and He's always going to provide for me. So I know the car will come eventually. He's He's always got a plan. you guys I don't know where I'd be right now um, to the grace of God that he gave he gave me a chance to connect with you guys and I, I just say thank you and just God bless you guys the reason we partner with um, churches is because a mentor can give a kid a lifeline a church family can give him a net where they can meet other men and women. And, and, and um, so I have several churches that I pull mentors out of, and, and they're always churches where I know the pastors. I believe that the pastors preach strong and true and biblical words. And your church is one of those churches where we pull mentors and um, volunteers from because we know that you're sitting under good teaching. Um, so if you want to be a mentor, um, let us know. But if you want to volunteer in any of the other ways, please do that as well. The next big thing that God has for us is based off of Micah's story. God gave me a vision about a year and a half ago. He speaks to me in pictures. And in the picture, all I saw was a large piece of property and two buildings. One building was a barn. The other building looked like a house. Um, and as I've been praying and fleshing it out for the last year and a half, um, my son has told me that was probably a barn dominium that I saw, like on the inside where it's one big room and then a kitchen at the other end where we would hold our teen nights and our training classes and things like that where we could keep eyes on the kids. Um, and the other building is called, it's going to be called Reset Home. We're working towards that. I've gone back to college to get my um, bachelor's degree because to be licensed by the state, you have to have your bachelor's degree. And I am, as of one test on Monday, nine hours short. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, so, so what our vision is, is a place where kids who have nowhere else to go, um, a lot of our kids have nowhere else to go because they've burnt so many bridges. <laughs> they, they, the, even though God has changed their heart, they don't have anywhere to go. Sometimes the home is the source of the trauma. Sometimes you've got parents who are wrapped up in their own addiction, um, just various reasons. And so we're going to have a home with foster parents where kids come in, they learn life skills, um, modules, all the things that they need to be successful adults. We're going to call it Miss Lori's Nine Steps to Successful Adulthood. Um, and as they go through the programs, they will be earning um, money and gift cards, things that will help them when they actually get out on their own and start their adult life, um, kind of like a transition home. So I'm just throwing this out there six months ago or a year ago, somebody said, I had a dream and somebody walked up to you and handed you a piece of paper that said deed on the front, on the top of it. So if anybody has a couple acres of property, you're feeling led to give me, that'll be great. <laughs> um, but if not, we are saving money. I think we have collected um, at our uh, fundraiser this year, almost 60,000 to put down on a home. So God's making this dream very much a reality as we move forward. I'm going to ask that y'all just pray for me. I tell people I've been swimming in 700 feet of water since day one. Um, I was the one that nobody wanted, broken and messed up until God came in and changed everything for me. And now he allows me to do this. Um, 
And sometimes I feel ill-equipped and ill-prepared, but all I know is that all I can do is say yes to the next thing that God asked me to do. And so we say yes. Um, and so I'm asking you guys, if God's speaking to your heart, if he's pulling you in any of the directions I talked about today, would you say yes? Thank you very much. Social media. Pull out your phones. You're allowed to pull out your phones right now in church. If you're, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Instagram, like our page, Reset Mentoring. Reset Mentoring. If you will pull that out, like our page, you can find all the great stuff that is going on. Thank you, Jessica. Come on, everybody. Give it up for Lori. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear how God is moving in your life. Share your story by visiting theexchangechurch.org and click on connect to contact us.